Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Poor, and my guest today is Marlon Anderson. And this coming weekend, Marlon is going to throw his hat in the ring to run for mayor in the city of Albany. So, Marlon, what made you decide to run? Well, as I said, I've been, as you know, Cynthia, I'm very much involved. I've been a community advocate in the city of Albany for years. And I gave the opportunity for, you know, calling myself staying back from politics and gave them the opportunity to see if some leadership would emerge in the city. But unfortunately, leadership has failed to emerge in the city. And while the leadership has failed to emerge, the, the problems have just grown faster. So I don't see anybody who's really addressed it or has addressed the issues in the manner that I have over the years. So I see I have no choice. Somebody has to step up and try to right the ship of state in the city of Albany. So what do you think are the major issues that are not being addressed? Well, the same issues that always remain, Albany. Uh, remains in fiscal distress. We got a, a, a structural deficit that Albany, over the last two administrations, Jennings and Sheehan, has come to accept. They haven't done anything to uh, address the, the situation uh, except for raise taxes on the residents. And while they're raising taxes, our residential basis rating, they haven't done any economic initiatives to create uh, revenue or close that budget gap. Uh, we've got a, a, a out of control violence problem in the city of Albany that the city has mm-hmm. done nothing, zero to address. I mean, we had over a hundred shootings in uh, 2020, and we're off to a roaring good start in 2021, continuing that trend. And no one has advanced the plan, no one has advanced the solution, nothing. You heard zero from the city of Albany. Same political platitudes, political appointments, and things of that nature, but. No plans, no action is being advanced. We can't afford to keep going like this for another four years. So did you ever think that when when the Sheen administration first uh, started, did, did, did you have hope that successful? Did you think it would be uh, successful? Well, no, not really. As uh, I have a unique perspective. Like I said, I was there at the beginning of the Sheehan administration because that's when I made my first run for office. I was there when Kathy Sheehan came in and when Jenna, Mayor Jenna decided not to run again. I was one of the uh, alternative candidates who run for that office. And I warned everybody eight years ago when Mayor Sheehan came in or running down about how she was going to write the fiscal ship of state in the city of Albany. And I told everyone that that was a, a, a a falsehood that there was no way that she was going to do everything that she said she was going to do, and I've been proven right because we're here. We are eight years later, and we're still in a structural deficit. We still uh, we're still uh, bleeding out residents, and nothing has changed. So no, I wasn't the whole. I was just a, a sadly resolute to the fact that another a a, a, a cog was put in place to. Uh, the satisfaction of the Democratic machine to replace Mayor Jennings. And that's basically what it was. She, she presented herself to be satisfactory as to be an alternative change from uh, candidates like myself. 
So, no, I was not optimistic of her being successful. I've been proven right in that aspect. Okay. Um, there's a number of people that have already cleared their candidacy. Um, do you think that any of them are outlining a uh, good plan for the next four years for, for Albany? And also, of course, Kathy Sheehan has, you know, said she's going to run for a third term. So the candidates that are out there now, do you see anything that any anybody has said that gives you hope that maybe things will oh. change? No, the candidates that I'm familiar with, the three candidates that I understand have come forward besides the mayor and myself, they virtually have been invisible on city issues. I mean, uh, Reverend Frost, uh, he, he ran, he got into the race a couple of years back, but she virtually disappeared from the public eye, from the public view. And, you know, she, she pops up every election session like one of the typical politicians. Here I am every four years to, to run for office, and that's not helping anything. We need somebody that's been engaged and stays engaged with the city city issues, not somebody who pops up every four years. And then you have mm-hmm. uh, uh, you have uh, 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 Lukey Forbes, the, the Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter a- activist, uh, and he's basically a one-trick pony. Uh, if you go back six months before the Black Lives uh, issue flared up, he was a non-entity. He was invisible. He, he hasn't been involved in any issues. He's basically just capitalizing on uh, the, the the Black Lives incident to try to, uh, to basically to be to, to use it uh, uh, the, the the correct word to exploit the situation. He has no record on any city issues whatsoever. He has not pursued any other city issues, uh, and basically, you know, he's you know that he has nothing to offer to the debate because he has offered nothing to the debate prior to the Black Lives the Black Lives issue that that flared up. So I don't see him as a viable candidate at all. And uh, Greg Adala, he's a comedian. That's what he does. He's a comedian, basically. He has, you know, he he has done zero again to address the debate, other than living in West Hill, which is ground zero for the violence. He lived in West Hill, which is ground zero for the violence. But uh, as you recall, I lived in West Hill for a, almost a quarter century, and while I was out, you know, pounding the pavement doing what needed to be done, addressing the issues in, in West Hill about the violence and things of that nature. Um, Mr. Dollar was not part of that effort. He was never, you know, like I said, I, you know, I was there. I can say it with, with conviction. Mr. Dollar was never, you know, a major part of the issue uh, regarding uh, gun violence or anything of that nature. So the three candidates that are currently in the, off, in the, in the offering, I think they are doing more to ensure another – Seeing victory than they would do to uh, ensure a, a solid debate or anything that issue. So once I get into the race and you know I can call for it here on this show, I would call for them to uh, exit the race uh, most uh, expeditiously. And if they would solidify behind someone like myself who has a valid record on the issue. And who can who actually has a chance of, of defeating the mayor in the race? But uh, mm-hmm. the three candidates, uh, you know, the three candidates that came forward, I don't see any viability in any of their candidacy. 
Now, there was an article in yesterday's paper about the league program that the uh-huh. uh, that that the Xi administration has just taken over, and Dr. Uh-huh. Alice Green is a little bit upset about that. How do you feel about the uh, Xi administration taking over the league program? Well, I. <laughs> It has to be administered. Unfortunately, the league program came until was 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 the chief of police, you know, and he retired from the from there. And like I said, with any administration, changes go from administration to administration, and so that's what the the league program was a casualty of that. While he was stressing it and promoting it, after he left, it became low priority on Chief Sears' uh, radar, and then it became even lower priority on our current chief's radar. And given the situation in the city of Albany, I can understand that for the current chief. Um, I have no problems with uh, uh, the the Xi administration taking responsibility and trying to administer that program. But the question is, how good of a job are they going to do? And given their record, their failed record on almost everything, you know, that should lend question to everybody's problem. But no, as far as us seeing City Hall get involved. I have no problem with that. I can see myself as I become the next mayor of the city of Albany, taking charge of a lot of programs that have that are out there that really need to be centralized through City Hall, as opposed to being, uh, how should we say, uh, compartmentalized in outside organizations. And I think lead, a lead program should be one that should be centralized in City Hall. So I don't really, I really don't see an issue with that. Okay, you think that uh, what has happened was okay, right? I think what has happened with the program has been okay. I can see it being centralized in City Hall. By all means, I don't see what happened with the program being okay, but that's just a, a necessary, you know, it's just something that you anticipate in, in, in civil service. Again, administration to administration, priorities change, things change. Again, we just happen to be lucky that when uh, Chief Cox retired, that the program was maintained because another chief, as I said, either Chief Sears or our current chief, he could have basically, you know, said, hey, you know, I'm not going to pursue this any further. So that's another avenue that people could have understood. So now it's just something that had to be expected. Okay. What do you think of the most pressing issues facing the people in the city of Albany right now? Well, for me, the the priority issues are going to be the fiscal state of the city. That's number one, because, again, (laughs) with the city being in a structural deficit, they don't have the resources to devote to things that they normally would need to have the resources to devote to. So that's priority number one. And then priority Uh 1A, which is just as important as the fiscal status of the city, is uh, the, the health and welfare of the city, basically. As I said, we have an out-of-control violence problem in the city of Albany. It's become right. uh, the Wild West. People have no qualms about whipping out guns and shooting or stabbing or killing at any time, and, and we're not doing nothing about that. We haven't done anything like nothing about that. We have a violence problem in the city of Albany. We have a homeless problem in the city of Albany. And we are not right. addressing it in a matter that we need to address that. And if we're going to become a viable city, we have to address that. You know, people 
are looking all over the place in 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 this area, and this doesn't make Albany an attractive place to live, an attractive place to visit. And we're not doing anything about it. And we 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 have to do something about that if we're going to change. Because one hand washes the other. The the social state of the city creates the fiscal state of the city. That's one of the reasons why our tax base is so low is because everybody's leaving. Nobody wants to stay here. Nobody wants to do business here. And, that, and that's because they're seeing all the violence in the streets. That's because they're riding through. They're seeing the homeless people. They're you're, you're, you're walking through the streets of the city and being accosted. I mean, you got restaurants around this place, like where I live over here in Center Square on Lark Street. You got restaurants. And if you're out here in the summer trying to eat, they're trying to have a, a meal in summer. You're accosted all day by people begging you for money, or are drunken people harassing you, things of that nature. You live here, you have to sue homeless individuals and mentally challenged individuals off of your stu- off of your stair steps, and that's no way to run a city. You just have, as I said, they just had the violent incident on Central Avenue, which is supposed to be our flag, one of our flagship streets that people drive in and drive out every day. How is that going to uh, create uh, business in the city. Can you imagine somebody shooting up Broadway in Saratoga? And and with the state capital, you've lived in Albany for a long time. Do you think mm-hmm. that what's going, what's going on in the city? Are you proud to say I live in the state capital? I am not. Not in the state that it has is in and has been in a while. This Albany does not should should be a, a a state capital to be proud of. But when you have a state capital where you have a violence problem, where you have a homeless problem, where you have a development problem, I mean, that is why people come in and go out because it's nothing. It's not a presentable situation. So you were talking about you, the finances in, in, in the city of Albany. If you were mayor, what would you do different? Well, if I become mayor, first and foremost, we have to we have to find a way to close that budget deficit. We have to find a way to close that budget deficit. And I look right. around, and, and and as as I said, when I ran uh, in my first original campaign. Uh, we have uh, myriads of undeveloped space in this in this city. Uh, we have uh, uh, our, our gateway streets and and and, and thoroughfares. Uh, they are a nightmare of representation that must be addressed. I would like to see a, a wholesale redoing of places like Central Avenue, uh, Henry Johnson Boulevard, North Pearl Street. And uh, I would embark about an aggressive plan of investment, seeking corporate investment in those areas to create venues that not only employ residents in the city, but encourage outside residents to, to come in and do business there. I mean, have you ever tried to go downtown shopping in Albany? You can't. Have you ever tried to go downtown and, and have a, a, a really decent meal? Uh, from an, a, a viable, uh, a viable uh, national service, you can't because they don't exist. And that's what we need in Albany. We need uh, real business to be encouraged. We have deferred too much to the local business at the expense of the locality. 
again, they they recently had a commercial through Crossgates telling you how you can go, you can't go for miles around to get the services they have in Crossgates Mall. How is that helping the city of Albany that Gilderland has all the business and things centered in Gilderland? That's not helping the city of Albany at all. And we got to get away from that. We got to find a way to get away from the more centered economies and create a city centered economy that can thrive, bring tax dollars, bring jobs and things of that nature. And if I become mayor, I will aggressively pursue that by pursuing my gateway initiative, which is going to create investment and jobs and development in the city on our major thoroughfares, because that is key. If you drive through any thoroughfare and you, and you'll see how how they how they garner and generate businesses. You can look around at anywhere outside of Albany and you see how they have it. But in Albany, you don't you don't see anything. All you see with Albany is, is to to make you hurry up and drive out of the city. And we have to turn that around. That's key to the success of this city and the future of this city. You know, you you're talking about Gilderland. You're talking about Crossgate. Cross states is slowly dying because everybody does their shopping online now. So you can't say that Gilderland is or Cross states is thriving because it's not. It went from a city uh, uh, place where people uh, went shopping to the malls, and now the malls are dying because of online. So you can't say that all of the businesses in Albany went from Albany to uh, Gilderland and Gilderland is thriving because it's not. What do you think? Well, uh, no, I disagree with that. Again, what's going on with the with the with the with the malls are now and the businesses now is totally due to COVID. Uh, Crossgates prior to COVID was adopting their business model to go from not just shopping, but being a destination center. Crossgates had adopted this model, not just for being, you know, shopping center, but being a destination center. And, uh, and basically, um, Colony Center was following, following his leads. Remember, Crossgates prior to COVID was the home of places like Dave and Buster's, was the home of, 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 of other venues, World of Beer and places like that. They were becoming more of a destination venue than they were becoming a shopping mall. And that is, uh, that's what, what they were thriving at. They were on a very much upward path prior to COVID. COVID is what has created the problem with the, with the, how should we say, the retail sales and things like that and has driven everyone to retail online shopping. It's basically COVID. But once COVID is over, people are not going to, again, like I said, you know, once people are able to go out again and live again, they're not going to want to shop online anymore. There's going to be a huge rush for people to go, you know, out and go to destinations and things of that nature. And that's what Albany has to become what it used to be. Albany used to be the destination that people used to come in from the suburbs to get to. You know, on the weekends, we're going to go into the city. We're going to go shopping in the city. We're going to have eat meals in the city and things of that nature. Albany used to be a destination. It is no longer a destination. And that is where we have went down economically. Albany must become a destination again that people want to come to. And it's not like a destination until we create it as a viable destination. 
You know, everybody stops at Crossgates. Everybody stops at Colony. Nobody doesn't come into Albany. And when they come into Albany, they come in, do what they got to do, and then they leave. They don't stay. They don't. They don't. They don't go around. We rely too much on the college business, and the college business has kept us in the deficit that we're in. We have to become a destination city again if we're going to be a successful city. I remember a number of years ago when Corey Ellis was running for mayor, and I had interviewed him, and I asked him what he would like to see that would be classified as a destination. And he said an aquarium. What do you say to that? Well, at the time that he advanced that aquarium idea, again, the city was not ready for it. The city could not, would not, it would have, it would have been just, how should we say, uh, oasis in, you know, in a, in a basically a, 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 a morass. And basically that would be something that would be an, an initiative at the end of a, a, a major restoration in the city. Again, just to have a, 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 an aquarium, you know, that would have been just a, a development that just would have basically been st- stood on its own. What, what, what would be around the aquarium if he had built that aquarium at this time? Nothing. What would, you know, how would that aquarium have affected employment in the city of Albany? It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have done anything. So the time that he had proposed that idea, it was it was virtually a wor- a, a worthless asset that it would have been that it would have been acquired. That's why I did not support it. I fought more harder for, shall we say, when they were trying to put the the E twenty three project up there when they were trying to acquire the casino, which you know which virtually right. eliminated Schenectady's when it virtually eliminated Schenectady's budget deficit overnight, and not to mention brought virtually thousands of jobs. That was more of a project to my liking, which is what I went out and fought for while our current mayor, Dithered and Dowder, originally being against it and Dithered and Dowder about it too late and lost us the opportunity. That's the type of major investment we need. We need foundational investment before we can get extraneous investment like what an aquarium would be. An aquarium would be like an extraneous uh, development after we create foundational development. Don't you think that uh, a casino would uh, prey on the people that are least able to make ends meet? In other words, poorer people who think that going to a casino and hitting the jackpot, they would see their dreams come true which in reality is pretty minimal. What do you think? Well, no, I don't subscribe to that theory. I mean, uh, we have a we have a daily lottery that plays uh, multiple, multiple, multiple games, which which brings in millions of dollars to the state annually. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think the people that play the lottery? Do you think they're preyed? They they're preyed upon? I yeah, don't. Absolutely. I I played a lot. I play the lottery myself. I don't feel preyed upon, but it's, it, I see it as a value value revenue stream, and it's been bared out in this in, in Schenectady. Prior to the COVID, uh, the, the casino had brought how many how many hundreds of, of jobs and revitalized uh, tourism in the in the city of Schenectady. So no, I, mm-hmm. I think a, a valid project like that is something that Albany needs. 
We need a valid uh, uh, revenue-generating and uh, foot traffic-generating type of project like that in the city of Albany, whether it be a casino, whether it be a major developer or something like that. I mean, I would have liked to see the city of Albany do something like what they did in Skodak uh, when they got the Amazon warehouse, something like that. We need a major, we need a major, pro, uh, major development in the city that creates a major revenue stream, creates major foot traffic in the city. But in order to, to maintain all that and hold all that, we have to have facilities that people want to travel to, again, to keep the dollars in the city. And if we don't have the shopping opportunity, if we don't have the entertainment opportunities, the facilities, okay, that's not gonna just, that's not gonna work. We just have a few minutes left, but I, I've gotta ask you this important question. Uh Kathy mm-hmm. Sheen is able to raise quite a bit of money for her reelection campaign. Do you think mm-hmm. you could you think you could match her in raising funds for your mayoral campaign? No, and I'm not going that avenue. Again, we live in the city of Albany. This is a city of under 100,000 people where you can walk from one part of the city limits to the other part of the city limits in 15 minutes in any direction, north, south, east, or west. You don't need money to cover that. You just need a good word of mouth and and to quote one of my Facebook friends and a good pair of shoes. And basically, once the, once the word of mouth is once the word of mouth is done, and once you know the, the issues going on going on now, and one thing I like to do in regards to that, at this time, if you allow me, at some time in the very immediate future, after I officially announce my campaign, I want to issue a formal challenge to all the candidates for the Democratic nomination for mayor in the city of Albany to have an immediate debate, a immediate public debate on the issues. That's the mayor and the other candidates. And if you're interested in hosting that debate on your radio show, we can do that. But I think that that's what we need to focus on, getting the issues out. While politicians are focusing on political things like gathering money and financial support, let's get something going and talk about the issues before people start pouring money into the coffers of people like the mayor. Let's have a debate right now between myself, the mayor, and the other candidates before people start signing petitions and things of that nature. Let's have a debate now so the people can see and hear what's going on, see where the candidates have stood and are standing so we can see who really is the best candidate, not choose who's the best politician. So I want to make sure that formal challenge right now. And if you're interested in hosting that debate, by all means, we can do it live right here on Focus on Albany. We sure can. I'd like that, actually. I'd like to have a Well, lot. as I said, the, I have thrown down the gauntlet right here publicly. Like I said, we can do that and have a if, – if they're not, you know, if they're really viable candidates, they have no reason to avoid the debate. So, again, this right. is a formal challenge right now to the mayor, uh, to any other candidates that are running. Let's have a debate. Let's talk about where you've been the last four years. Let's talk about what you've done the last four years. Let's talk okay. about your viability as a candidate so we can get this out the way so the people can make the decision now before the petitions are done, before the money's doled out. Let's have a okay. debate now. Okay. We have just a few seconds left. Uh, tell tell everybody how they can reach you. You're on I know that. 
So how could people Yes, they can go to my you can you can go to my Facebook page, Anderson for Albany at Facebook. There will be other venues and things coming up in the near future. You can also go to my regular Facebook page, Aunt Marlon Anderson at Facebook.com. And again, I'm very publicly reachable. And like I said, other options will be opening up in the coming weeks. But again, as I said, okay. and I'm going to say it again, I am full publicly challenging the candidates at this time to an immediate debate now, not after the petitions have been signed and the money's been doled out. Let's have a debate now and clear the air for the people of Albany. Okay. Thanks, Marlon. We will talk again. Thank you for being on Focus on Albany. You've been listening to Marlon Anderson about his decision to run for the mayor of Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. If you like this show, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Thank you, Marlon. Have a great day. We'll talk again. We certainly will. Thank you very much for the opportunity.